Hi, everyone, and welcome to the OPC Foundation podcast, the home of industrial interoperability. My name is Peter Sieberg, and I'm your host. Today we have with us, again, Stefan Hoppe, President and Executive Director of the OPC Foundation. Hello, Stefan. Good morning, Peter. Last time we met, that's about two months ago, I think end of October, it was you, Stefan, who interviewed me about the importance of OPC UA for doing data science, artificial intelligence. If that is your topic, dear listener, after having finished listening to this podcast, go back to editions and listen to OPC UA and artificial intelligence. Yeah, the first time Stefan was with us, That was in the first edition of the OPC Foundation podcast, and that is about two years ago, where you, Stefan, set the direction of the then new podcast. Oh, is it two years already? So, so how, ma how many podcast editions did we have, meanwhile, Peter? We are number 30 at the moment. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you did a great job, and let's continue. Thank you very much. So today, uh, you are going to give us a 2021 review as well as share the OPC Foundation plans for the next year, 2022. And I have been, maybe you also, kind of lucky that the OPC Foundation General Assembly meeting in combination with a press conference for 2021 took place last week. So I could listen in and I took a number of questions out of it for today. So let's uh, stay there. Let's start there. What is the General Assembly meeting? How often does it take place? Uh, who is there? What do you do there? Well, first of all, <laughs> this year was a really challenge because we normally do once a year the General Assembly meeting as I assume every organization to report to our members about the status, about the financials, about the roadmap, but also about the election. That might be a little bit specific with the OPC Foundation as the board of director is democratically elected every year. Let's say half of the board seats are re-elected then for a two-year term. And yeah, so the voting is always in November timeframe and early December we are announcing the results of that voting. But, but in general, it's a, it's an overview for all the members. And, and I tell you, the challenge is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, unsure how to continue because on the, on the one hand, I tell you, we did not have a lot of participants all the last years in these general assembly meetings. And this year we combined it with a press conference and we had over 320 participants live. So, so over 500 uh, registrations, but over 300 have been live. But a press conference is designed to just give you the short update on what's new. And the general assembly meeting is designed to give you a mm. complete update what happened over the year. So it was a little bit of a challenge, but I think it went really well. Yeah. I guess that's the advantage as a global organization when you can organize it uh, digitally over the internet, right? So to the members, we come in a sec, but uh, for the moment, can you please just share with us again in a nutshell What is OPC Foundation? What's the vision? What's his global profile? Okay, number one, what I repeat constantly is OPC UA. This is a technology we are providing. is is not a protocol. I I always have to remind everybody. It's it's crazy, but but it is. The OPC Foundation is a non-profit organization with a vision to really work and deliver a secure, reliable mechanism to exchange 
standardized information. This is the important key, standardized information via different protocols, but in a complete agnostic way, agnostic from vendors, operating systems and markets and scaling these this data exchange from sensor to cloud and back. This is a, the vision of the OPC Foundation, right? And we are using, I, I guess we come to that topic later on, but, but we are using different protocols to move these standardized information. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I've learned from you to always uh, repeat that message in a, in a similar way as well. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, it's uh, it's your number one message and it will be your final message probably today as well. So let's talk members, board members. How many members do you have? How many did you have at the beginning of the year and, and how did you grow? Uh, maybe you can share one or the other new name. Yeah. So first of all, right now, the status was 856 members. And that was interesting because the growth compared to the last year General Assembly meeting happening in the same uh, week. So so it was exactly one complete calendar year had a similar growth. So we, we have grown by 62 new members. Mm -hmm. The year before we have grown by 57. So it's, it's a nearly identical constant, same growth. We are growing in all regions and obviously i can't name all of them but to give you a short update 13 of these 62 new members are so-called class a member companies so the the, the big brand companies mm -hmm. to give you an example from different regions from china the company innovans have joined us and it was exactly when when we have been waiting for who is becoming number 800 member 800 so it was a chinese company but we also have been super proud to welcome Amazon Web Service, AWS, uh, as a new member because we are no longer the, just the OT organization. It is definitely uh, also with Microsoft and IBM and Google Cloud, uh, AWS is, is very welcome in, in combination with SAP. So these are all the, the, the global market leader seeing the benefit of being part of the so-called United Nations, what I call us sometimes of automation specifically for sure because we are democratic and it's a neutral ground and, and so on right but um, we also see other names uh, like like thermo the company thermo from us or waters also from us which uh, will play a significant role when it comes to collaborations to to create new information models for laboratory analytic devices or, or in general analytic devices. So this is really an amazing growth we have and we are really absolutely fine and happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, sounds really great. I, I recall the time that I was active with you representing the company Softing. When was that? Six, seven years ago. I think there was about like maybe 500 members. So it's amazing. And as you say that you've been growing at about, I guess, 10, 15% on a yearly basis. You mentioned class A, the difference between class A, B, they are the size of the companies, but uh, do they have different rights as well? Or how does that work? It's it's not the size. It's a it's a worldwide revenue. Uh, okay. So sometimes, obviously, a small company has, has super large revenue. It's it's uh, based on revenue, but the rights are completely identical. This is what I mentioned with uh, the United Nations. It doesn't matter if you are six billion dollar company or uh, you have a revenue of less than hundred thousand or, or fifty thousand US dollar. Uh, you have the same rights. Okay. One vote for each company, and. 
coming together and and share exactly the vision of working together for the best of everybody. Yeah. So you mentioned at your general assembly, you also get the votes for the new board members. Can you share with us? So how does your current new or updated board look like? Uh, from what companies, some names, what parts of the world are they from? It is, again, from all around the world. Uh, a couple of companies have been re-elected. Um, so we have companies from Asia, from Yokogawa. We have companies from North America, like Microsoft and Honeywell. Uh, from Europe, it's uh, Siemens. And that was, on the one hand, quite a surprise for me. But on the other hand, it, it was also, obviously, the VDMA as a new board mm -hmm. member on the OPC Foundation Board of Director. And this is, for me, a significant change which reflects also, on the other hand, the, the direction of the OPC Foundation. Remember, in, in the earlier years, it has been only OT companies, only automation companies who have been on the board of director. And then uh, in 2015-16, we extended the board uh, because we wanted to address specifically the IT data exchange for, for vertical data exchange from the OT to the IT world. And so Microsoft and SAP have become a member on the OPC Foundation. Now, well, 50% of all the information models, what the OPC Foundation is doing, is uh, done in combination with the VDMA. And, and so for me, it, it was quite logical then that the VDMA, who has huge membership on their own, has been elected for their efforts um, to the board of directors. Yeah. That's great. Congratulations to them as well. So what was the big picture for 2021? I mean, what were your plans and did you, did you reach them? Well, there are obviously always some basic plans like increased membership, extend certification programs, uh, extend the technology and, and, and so on. This is, this is always given, right? But, um, obviously we also three years ago, we started this uh, field level communications initiative. And, and yeah, after three years, there was also some pressure to show first results that this is not just an academic um, approach that it's really we get it down to earth and can show something in real. And we wanted to definitely highlight more the connection to the IT world, to, to the cloud. Um, and overall, I think we did a great job and we reached that goal. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Let's do a little bit of technology, not too detailed. What companion specification or what, uh, what core parts were released uh, last year? Well, first of all, we released the version 1.05, which had a lot of amendments being integrated into that core standard. And there have been multiple parts uh, released, uh, or I think about 13 parts or, or 12 parts. Um, so I can't list them, all of them right mm -hmm. now here. But for me, amazing was also the huge amount of companion specifications uh, just this year we released about 15 companion specifications when when you and myself have been a little bit younger i, I was proud to announce we have one companion specification yeah. um, with a partner and that was a highlight on a press conference and and today it's it's one slide and and we can't go into all the details that was really crazy yeah 
Yeah, I recall. I, I heard in the uh, General Assembly that uh, Jim Luth, and I come to him for in a moment, uh, he mentioned that OBCUA has become like a China national standard. Can you comment on that? Yeah, well, that, that's, that was not really a new message. Mm -hmm. They started years ago uh, in, in combination with the Made in China 2025 initiative. OPCA has become such what they call it a GB slash T standard. But OPCA is really successful in, in other regions in the world. It, it is also a Korean national standard. It's a Singapore national standard, Japan, China. And this is what is critically important, I believe. Again, the Chinese colleagues started early with the first parts of the OPCA companion spec uh, from, from the OPC core specs. But now, uh, and that was the, the, the real message, all parts have been accepted as a national standard. And, and that's what we are highly appreciate and, and celebrate. Yeah. Very good. As you like to mention, uh, OPC Foundation as the United Nation of Automation, whereas maybe politically every now and then not all countries agree on everything. That seems not to be the case uh, as far as OPC UA is concerned. Uh, by the way, those listeners that want to have more uh, details on technology, uh, please listen to the podcast uh, that's called The Past and the Future of OPC UA with Jim Luth. And he's the uh, system architect with Schneider Electric, but also the CTO of the OPC Foundation. Let's move to the next topic, certification. Also, a quick update. Uh, were there any specific things that you can mention for uh, for this year, Stefan? Well, we, we spend significant money and increase the budget dramatically on certification or efforts. Uh, you know that a lot of events have not happened due to the COVID uh, pandemic situation. And so we immediately moved a lot of that money to increase work on the so-called CTT tool. So we increased the number of test cases for different scenarios, alarm, historical data, and so on. And we also increased the number of tests and also, I mean, the people and the developers can't travel and come together. And so we did a lot of so-called virtual interoperability workshops. So we have set up years ago already the infrastructure for this. So developers can sit wherever they are mm. and uh, connect to that platforms and then test with each other. And, and on the one hand, we think, okay, why not do this more often and offer this opportunity? On the other hand, we also notice that it's also good to have them in a room that they can talk to each other sure. and clarify topics before products go out into the field and, and make some trouble in, in the field. Mm. So talking to each other on a personal way is always increasing trust, right? And, and this is what you need, that in case there is something you can call sometimes also to your competitive company and say, hey, how do you see this? And I, my interpretation is this and that. And it definitely helps. Yeah. So we, we did a lot of efforts. Um, and this is what we will continue yeah. for next year. We, we have a lot of, of topics in the agenda. It's yeah, obviously the, the, the new 1.05 topics, which we like to in, include alias names and alarm condition. And we have new crypto libraries. Yeah, on PubSub, we, we need to extend um, our tools. The FLC working group have released their specs and we like to integrate that. Remember, we, we joined the Ethernet APL initiative and, and 
I think this is the most easy part because for us it's it's a given TCP connection and we can just run our tools on top. And yeah, so a lot of work, but but we are really looking forward here, very positive to to test. I also like to mention the huge amount of companion specs, what we will integrate and started already integrating into the CDT tool, because you, you want to be sure that not only how you exchange information has been tested and validated and certified, also you want to be sure about the semantic and behavior. And this is also what we are starting to test more and more. Yeah. Great. And I understand that you could uh, you could continue with certification despite global COVID. So that's great. The other thing that I, I learned is that uh, you, you are uh, still or continuously looking for volunteers. Is that right? What What is it that they need to do? And, you know, for listeners uh, may be interested, what do they need to be capable of? Yeah, good question. Paul Hunker, the director of certification, mentioned that during the General Assembly meeting also. It is it is not only having a big budget to be able to implement test scripts and use cases into the CTT. Somebody has to define them. And obviously, therefore, you need domain experts. So if, if for example, if you want to check the semantic and the behavior of a robot – you need a person from the robotic area being able to define that test cases. And mm. so either you are a, a deep connectivity or security expert and, and help on, on increasing the test cases, or you have specific domain expertise and say, okay, I'm helping and take care. Let's say as a starting effort, uh, here are the 20, 30 most important test scenarios you should integrate uh, for our market right that that would be really helpful yeah but um, what i what i also see by the way for the future and this is also what what i'm really hard working on and that's really a challenge i believe because opca is so successfully seen in around the world there will be more and more what what i call hybrid products in the mm -hmm. future so where you have let's say established field pass protocols to the south port to do the deterministic cyclic part but today to the upper north port you like to transfer data via opcua to it and cloud or the next step is um, to do horizontal communication from one device horizontally to the other you also might use opcua and so or opcua safety is integrated and and then so so the big question is really do vendors who are producing the, these devices, do they have to send their devices to multiple different certification labs or can we work together with others and reduce the number of labs where people have to send devices? This is definitely where, where I started initiatives. I sent a letter of intent to uh, the Philcom Group and P&O and ODVA and exactly offered, hey, why why don't we talk? Why not sync? And and why shouldn't we allow a specific P&O lab, which is where, where they are familiar and where they are doing anyway, uh, profi-safe, why not allow them to also certify and test OPCA safety, for example, and others, right? So, and, and this is where we, where we try to cooperate in the world. This is definitely something I have to continue next year. Yeah. 
We can uh, continue with him. Thank you. And any technical or domain experts interested in becoming a volunteer for the OPC Foundation, please stay on until the end of the podcast. I'll uh, tell you how to um, make yourself known. And uh, those listeners that want to have more uh, background information on the topic of certification, you can listen to the podcast that we did a couple of months ago that I did. Uh, with Paul Hunker, and it's called uh, certification. Yep. So you just mentioned Fieldcom. Let's move to FLC, field level communication. Quickly remind us what is this huge initiative since when, and what have they been, what have you been doing as far as FLC is concerned in this year? Oh, there are a lot of information outside in the web anyway, but but the very short summary is we started in the year 2015 already mm-hmm. with a with an internal group, which had a significant number of volunteers. It was a, one of the largest group in the world taking care on on OPCUA for horizontal deterministic data exchange with the help of TSN time sensitive network, and it has been over 85 participants. And then three years ago, 2018, we formalized that. I forgot before, we also started with, uh, uh, with the P&O to work on a safety solution over OPCA. But then in 2018, November 2018, we, we formalized it. We started the so-called field-level communication group. We merged all the activities regarding field exchange into that group the TSN part, the safety part. We extended it with uh, other topics like 5G, but also with controller-to-device communication uh, as, a, as a next milestone after we will reach a first one about horizontal communication. And that group, yeah, after three years, have now uh, published the first specification for a review. And, and they also, they would have demonstrated a fantastic demo at the SPS show hmm. where 20 companies, including the who is who of automation, would have shown a, a horizontal controller to controller communication. And, and remember, it, it is a scaling technology. It, it's OPCUA based on PubSub, publisher subscriber mechanism via UDP. And in case you, you need deterministic, you would switch on TSN later when TSN is finally completely specified and released as a spec. But this might take some time. But but even before, it has a high value because also without TSN, having standardized, fast, super fast UDP-based communication is really definitely a benefit for the whole industry because there there is no common solution for this right now. There are a lot of proprietary solutions for sure, but automation community have never agreed on one joint effort to do horizontal communication. And this is what is happening now. And, and so this would have been definitely one, one of the main talking topics at, at the show. This is what I, I would have been very, very sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sad it didn't take place uh, this year. Let's hope for for next year. I saw your message to the uh, OPC Foundation members. So, uh, and also I just heard you mentioned safety. So, does the FLC group involve in safety as well? Uh, absolutely. Uh, as mentioned, it has been started very early mm-hmm. together with a with a PNO. At that time, at the beginning, it was called a little bit different but meanwhile it, it's a core OPC specification called OPCUA safety mm-hmm. I, I think it's part number 15 but but yeah I have to check that maybe and it's it's released you, you can download that as every co- uh, specification it's 
free, open, public, available. You just have to to register that you have downloaded this. You know, there are some some export rules, and and so we have to track who has downloaded what. But you don't have to pay for it. That that was my was my main message. Yeah, there would have also been a small OPCA safety demo. So so definitely, uh, and and I sent uh, Peter Lutz, who is the director of certification, uh, my congrats that the group has been able to really work on this demo and get all the devices to the wall. That's not easy, Peter. I, I tell you, st- mm. standardization takes time. Sometimes people get nervous and say, oh, everything is easy and, and we can do it within one, two years. That's not true. You need really common sense and you need sometimes a little bit more time, but then it will stay for decades, right? And this is what we want. We want to have a really good solution uh, which is available and fulfilling all the requirements and use cases. So I'm uh, looking forward. We, we are doing now dem- uh, videos on, on the demos and uh, we'll publish that. Uh, we will create multiple twins of that demo. We're sending it over to North America to be available on different trade shows there. We will have a demo also in, in Asia and China. So it's it's time to, to let the world see about this controller-to-controller multi-vendor demo. Yeah. Looking forward to myself uh, as well. And those of you listeners uh, who want to have more on FLC, there is a podcast that I did with uh, Peter Lutz, just mentioned by Stefan, and it's called Field Level Communications. Moving to a relatively new or completely new, you will tell us, topic cloud. What is this new initiative all about? Uh, Maybe you can mention a couple of global organizations, players that uh, are involved. Yeah, before I do that, I, I just want to point out how we started also this field level initiative again we had groups before looking on tsn looking on safety and then we figured out it would make much more sense to have a broader acceptance and have a broader focus and create a gravity center of something and this is how started this field level communication initiative and i believe it's time now to think about the same for cloud topics Mm -hmm. it is not only the communication to the cloud right i I mean this is would be easy and maybe we talk about that in in a second but but remember there is a digital twin idea Uh, we have the asset administration shell and, and so it's also about modeling information going up to the cloud because the cloud people also do modeling but it's a little bit different well the modeling itself is not different but the topics what they are modeling is different because they are more looking to a machine from a business point of view while engineers uh, running a robot they are describing a robot from the technical point of view right i have five axes and and this is my my area where I take care on collision with others and and so on. And somebody who is interested on the business part normally doesn't take care on, well, how many access does a robot have or not? Maybe just for taking care on maintenance cycles to, to see, okay, when when should I take care on my robot, on my asset? But, but this is really interesting. And, and, and so we, we already have a couple of groups so we, we have a UA for cloud library where we can upload information models to a cloud-based library. 
by the way, which we did together with our partner in Sesame in from the United States, which I really like to highlight here. Mm-hmm. We we have a working group together with the German Dean about cloud federation. How does cloud systems exchange data with each other, right? In a standardized way. I, I mentioned digital twin, I mentioned asset administration shell, and, and so it is definitely time to again focus everything, get the key players to a table and start to to find the gravity center for this. And uh, obviously, we are coming more from the communication part. Yeah, that's definitely the starting point, and and we have to continue working on that next year. You uh, mentioned two names here that I want to ask you about. So AWS is one of the hyper-cloud providers. So what about other cloud providers? And the second question, maybe you want to combine that. You mentioned an organization called Sesme, I believe. Uh, so maybe that's new for me and I may believe maybe to listeners. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about Sesme as well. Yeah, great. So it's it's two completely different tip- topics, and and okay. I mentioned AWS as a one of the new members in the OPC Foundation, but but I also mentioned earlier that that Google is a member, IBM, Microsoft, SAP, and and others. And mm-hmm. and at the SPS show, I would have been super proud. You would have seen me smiling <laughs> all the time because we would have had a demo wall with two controller companies, Beckhoff and Siemens, and both of them have implemented OPCA PubSub, but OPCA PubSub can run. Remember that our communication technology is completely independent from underlying protocols. So we can use different protocols and and both companies have implemented OPCA PubSub over UDP for horizontal communication, but also over MQDT for vertical communication up into IT cloud systems. And we would have a demo wall where we have the commitment to print the logos from all the companies I mentioned. And and because I'm smiling, (laughs) I'm naming them again from AWS, Google, IBM, Microsoft, SAP, Siemens Mindsphere, not to forget. And all of them confirm that they either have already OPCA over MQTT implemented or it's on their technical roadmap and soon available. And this is something what also we never had in history. Yeah, I mean, everybody has MQTT, but but not in this standardized way, right? And this is really something what is amazing, definitely. Yeah. We can hear you smile, Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> One specific, uh, maybe a little bit technical, but I'm not sure question that I have, because what about OPC UA over MQTT, as I believe you call it? I mean, for me, wasn't MQTT in the past heavily misunderstood as a competitive protocol relative to OPC UA data exchange architecture? Yeah, maybe that's the second most made statement for myself. We, mm. we have never fighted against MQDT and we don't see MQDT as a competing technology, it, but it's not enough. It, it would be if you say, hey, all the controllers, PLC controllers, they are all talking TCP. So why do you need an OPC standard? Well, because that's just not defining really the payload. And MQDT is not defining the payload. It's a fantastic transport mechanism for PubSub. That's great, but nothing more. And and so if there is no standard on the market, then everybody is defining his own MQDT pushing standard and how to put the data into that protocol. And 
OPCA had the benefit to be defined as an IEC standard. So OPCA PubSub is an IEC standard. OPCA PubSub has been specified and released in the year 2018. So since that, also the mapping over MQDT is available as an IEC standard. And this is what is counting in the world, not just having a quick solution, which is defined by a specific vendor. And then let's say this is the best of the world. And this is why others have already implemented this. I mentioned Beckhoff and Siemens. Interestingly, they implemented different versions because also there you have different, let's say, flavors. Um, for example, Beckhoff implemented as a first option this PubSub with a JSON binding and, and Siemens implemented it in a, in a first way with a binary binding and, and mm. both make sense. And, and both vendors said, yeah, they will implement the other option also. So you see, we have two major international vendors, but again, I, I like to highlight this. We we had uh, Microsoft Azure, who already is able to understand this out of the box. And we have the commitment from all the other vendors, which I just mentioned before. And this will be the preferred communication standard, which the automation industry never had before. I can't repeat that enough. And this makes us really proud and this is why I believe we will hear much more from these, from this initiative. Thanks, Stefan. Just a quick reminder, uh, you did answer the question about the hoster uh, companies. You didn't uh, talk about Sesame. You want to do that, please? Oh, yeah. I'm get, getting older. Uh, well, <laughs> Sesame, well, a short introduction. You know, Germany is working together as one of the global export nations with a lot with the United States states. In North America you have also a roof organization called Manufacturing USA where Sesame is super active inside. And Sesame is one of our main partners. Sesame is also one of the main partners for the German Industry for Zero platform. And together with Sesame, the OPC Foundation defined a so-called cloud library. And this is a little bit um, closing a gap because if you have OPCA-based information models, and, and maybe we should talk about that also in a minute, mm -hmm. the, the big question is where can you load them? Where can you find them? Not, not, in, a, not in a human readable PDF document. Instead, where can you download them in, in a machine readable way? And obviously what the group did and the lead of Erich Barnstadt from Microsoft, he did an amazing job here. They created a a library which has OPCA interfaces. So through OPCA, you are you are searching, looking, downloading information models, and this means you're ordering a robot. For example, let's let's stay with that robot example, which has the robot information model. But you can download the robotic information model before you have the real robot, and you can start working on your dashboards and all your IT topics before you have the asset next to you and connect to you. So it's it's speeding up dramatically the uh, engineering process. And that's definitely uh, very helpful. Yeah. Great. A final a big uh, topic um, in general, before we then come to a close, is collaboration. So, I mean, so many have you had in the past. Maybe you can just give us an update on what has happened in this area in this year. Yeah, I think I mentioned before there have been overall 
15 releases of companion specifications and I can't name all of them, but I would love to mention maybe two. One is we, we talked already about UA Cloud Library with Sesame, so it has been mentioned already. I would also talk about LADS, which stands for a Laboratory and Analytical Device Standards. This has been initiated by an organization, Spectaris, and Meanwhile, and this is what's amazing for me, it is not just one organization is together with the OPC Foundation trying to bring an interoperability standard into a specific market. They are also convincing other partner organizations around the world to co-own it. They, they opened it and say, hey, please become a co-owner. Then you feel responsible. And then we can really work on the same eye level or nose level to move this standard around the world. So they integrated an organization called Yaima. So it's a Japan, Japanese analytical instrumentation manufacturers association. They integrated Gambica and, and an organization from Spain and Netherlands and so on from, from India, I assume. So it, it is amazing to see that also other roof organizations in the world join this initiative to work on the same goal to to have an interoperability standard between devices in in a lab and and we should definitely do another podcast on on that peter other topics which i yeah i want to highlight from the about 66 joint working groups the opc foundation is doing with partners 31 of them are done together with the vdma this is a significant power what, what they are bringing here to the table with all their members behind and i mentioned this is why they i assume got the reputation to also be now representative on the board of director of the opc foundation but it's not only the large number of companion specifications it's also the extra efforts on harmonizing the different groups so that not every group has their own power management interface and their own overall efficiency data and whatever you you might have in joint in a joint way like yeah it, it starts very easy with a nameplate of a machine right uh, mm -hmm. remember if everybody is is just designing a little bit a different nameplate to be unique and and take something what others have defined then it's not really easy for the IT world to always have different nameplates which they have to harmonize and so on so this is a fantastic work what the, the vdma is definitely doing here yeah thanks stefan what else happened in this year before we come to an outlook for the next year yeah i think i mentioned uh, lads already yeah. M mining was also something what was an honor for me i was invited as a guest speaker on a mining conference and i thought peter that mining is something like a debt market because yeah everybody is now looking for green energy and mm. we are no longer looking for coal and, mm. and this kind of energy i was totally wrong i i learned that mm. it's a booming industry they have to look for a specific do you call specific earth I, i'm not sure if this is yeah. a correct uh, translation and so they are also doing standardization so even down in the earth, uh, multiple kilometers down, people start implementing OPCA as a secure transport layer to move information up to IT on, on top of the world. Yeah. So this has also happened and was a great pleasure for me. And this also initiative around the world. We, in every state, 
that was a really nice surprise and pleasure for me. This is what I really love on <laughs> being in my position as a president. It, it is an eye-opener about the colorful world and what's happening around where I normally would never ever would have been any insights. Yeah, so that's, that's what, what I definitely enjoy. Sounds great. Nice to hear that you are enjoying so much your position. Is there anything else? I mean, I heard things like starter kits or ebook you have. Is that things that you want to talk about as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we did a lot of marketing there. There have been a lot of trade shows which not have happened. And honestly, then we moved that, we switched that into like multiple other organizations into virtual um, events. That was crazy because we had a lot of more visitors and leads, which we never had before. To give an example, we, we have been one of the main sponsors of the Achema. And uh, within the, I think, 14 days or three weeks where all our presentations have been at the beginning live or, or later on, it has been available uh, in a repository. We had 3,000 visitors, mm -hmm. and this resulted into a huge number of unique leads now being part of our database. So, which means, on the one hand, with virtual events, you reach many, many more people around the world. And yeah, that's great. And, and obviously, the interest on OPCA technology is booming. And therefore, yeah, we wanted to address how easy it is to start with OPCA and, and to move data vertical via OPCA MQTT to IT systems. That's why we have a so-called IoT starter kit. That, that's what you mentioned before, right? Mm -hmm. And um, this is something free of charge available. You download it from, from GitHub. You can start your Raspberry Pi and, and you have a demo up and running within, uh, let's say, half an hour or something like that. And then publishing data is just three steps or subscribing data is just three steps. And everything else, you have it running within one hour. That's a really good idea. And what we noticed, um, we wanted to provide better education material. This is what we call OPCA academic program. And uh, for, for universities, professors, it is free of charge material where they can just copy and <laughs> they are allowed to steal mm -hmm. <laughs> graphics and text so that they are aware this is correct information. And this is what we will continue, right? And um, yeah, and, and the ebook you mentioned, we have fantastic articles from well, from technology, from security, but also from end user reports. Right now, we we just published uh, this is our top story right now on the OPC Foundation web about uh, a story from Equinor in the North Sea where they move up to 1 million data points via OPCA into Microsoft Azure and, and another story is coming soon. And all of these articles are combined in a so-called ebook, which you can download and read offline and you don't need a connection and, and you can read it wherever you want, right? Yep. We come to that in a moment. So before we kind of run out of time, we want to spend a little bit of time on what is it that you're planning for the upcoming year? What is your top-level goal? Maybe you already mentioned one LDS. What is the kind of podcasts that the listeners maybe may expect? Any other topics you want to talk about you're doing for next year? Well, beside that, we are planning on physical trade shows where I'm not sure if they are really happening, honestly. It will be 
cloud cloud video so mm -hmm. we, we we will have definitely more uh, information about this information modeling connecting to it systems asset administration shell um what kind of information models do we need where do they scale should plc controllers directly push opca over mqdt do you when do you need gateways or does gateways make sense always so there are a lot of topics But in general, it will be more uh, what I mentioned, cloud topics. Second, uh, we will focus on certification. What I mentioned before, uh, certification needs to run with a high, highly automatical. That <laughs> Remember, all the OPCA test cases are growing, growing, and we have to take care that the cost of certification are not also growing. So it has to be highly automatic then. Well, that, that's definitely what we are focusing on, uh, cooperate with organizations to, to make it easier for vendors that they save also money, that they don't have to send the device to multiple labs. That, that's all what we are uh, pushing uh, next year. Yeah. Great. For those listeners that uh, have enjoyed so far this podcast with you, with the president of the OPC Foundation, what options do they have if they say, oh, I want to become involved and do something as well? What, what, what is it that they could be doing? Number one, get in contact with us. Mm -hmm. And and this doesn't mean you have to be automatically become a member, right? Uh, sometimes, I mean, go to our website and, and there is a contact formula and you can just say, hey, you, you mentioned this or that or where can I find the starter kit? I can't find it or whatever. Well, go to the OPC Foundation web under resources. This is, this is a good starting landing page for everything I mentioned before. But sometimes you don't have to being a paying member. So for example, if, if you have OPCA already, you can become a so-called logo member. And this allows you to also go to labs. Obviously you have to pay the, the full price, but for example, to increase quality to your OPCA product, you don't have to be a paying member of the foundation, right? Mm -hmm. This is the O, the openness. We want to, sh to share everything as much open as possible. And, and not earn money with with that, right? We all are volunteers working together in the in the best meaning, with the best spirit, and for the best use cases. And and uh, this is exactly the driving factor we most of the people have, right? And that, that's why it's also makes a lot of fun to come together and talk to each other. You you make a great learning curve. For example, what I mentioned before, should I? It's about best practices. Should, should I use a gateway or directly push data out of the PLC? And by the way, the answer to give you that, Peter, is both make sense. It depends yeah. on the use case, but, but you have to provide both technologies, right? Yeah, so just get in contact with us. That's, that's the first step. So final message you have to our listeners, Stefan? Oh, um This time it's not OPCS, not a protocol. We, we shouldn't take that one, Peter. Uh, wh why not take something completely untechnical? Why not? Okay. The, the, the most message is, hey, please stay healthy. What about that? Oh, that's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful close, I guess. If <laughs> in, the, in these days, it's, it's, I think, one of the most important parts. I love to travel in the world, to smell other countries, to taste their food, to get in contact with people, learn about their way to solve topics and and then you see that hey it's it's all human beings and we just need to talk more with each other and and build up trust and so on but right now we can't do that we we have to do it virtual this pandemic will stay for a while 
unfortunately that's my feeling but yeah that would be my wish exactly here near christmas time um stay healthy or for all the families and your friends and and have a good uh, happy new year uh, that's it from my side stefan thank you very much that's what of course we wish you and your family as well If you, dear listener, want to learn more about OPC UA technology, about the OPC Foundation, uh, you may want to listen. I mentioned a couple of uh, former um, uh, podcast editions, or you can visit a website at uh, opcfoundation.org. Maybe you have a proposal for topics. Maybe you're interested in appearing on the OPC Foundation podcast, or maybe you want to join one of the uh, OPC UA companion specification working groups Or as a couple of other reasons we talked about, you know, you can you go there and find all the information about the OPC Way uh, academics, the ebook. Um, if, as we said, you are a domain or a technical expert, maybe you want to become a member of the OPC Foundation. Otherwise, you can mail the OPC Foundation at office at opcfoundation.org. We'll put both the website URL and also the mail address in the podcast notes. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward personally to be holding interviews with many of the great companies and persons, uh, Stefan, you mentioned today. And I'm sure some of the topics like, you know, OPC UA over MQTT, there's going to be certainly cloud success stories. There's, there's a list here of a couple of things that uh, Stefan has been suggesting that you can be listening to the next year. It was great to have you with us today. If you like what you heard, give us a thumbs up, spread the news. Looking forward to have you with us again. And uh, Stefan, thank you very much for having been my guest today. I hope that latest in uh, two years again, we're going to have you on the show again uh, with you and also our listeners. Merry Christmas and a happy, healthy new year. Thank you, Peter. Bye-bye.